Wait for you to finish that cheese. What's the um? Jesus Christ! Hey. What episode is this? Eighty-six. There's a uh, phonophobia. No, it's misphonia. Misophonia. What's that? Misophonia is a real disorder. And one that seriously compromises functioning, socializing, and ultimately mental health. Usually appears around age 12 and likely affects more people than we realize. It's a strong reaction to specific sounds. Uh. So dripping water, chewing, popping gum, repetitive noises like pencil tapping. Uh Um, Yeah, so people who like... Stop it! Chew with their mouths open. And if you have like a really visceral reaction to it. You might have misophonia. That was disgusting. That's why I hate um, what are those? What was that trend on YouTube for the longest time? Oh, where people um, would, mukbang. Uh, like they eat a bunch of food. And it's ASMR. ASMR, just in general. I hate ASMR. Yeah, I don't know how that's so relaxing. much. It's like I'm gonna Can you please touch me my water? your scalp. Oh, I upset like myself. ASMR? I upset myself just now. And I like the eating. Mukbang. I I can't. It makes me so uncomfortable. It gives me the heebie-jeebs. We're going to do some ASMR. Stop it. We made this joke already, anyways. <laughs> you see the Rhett and Link one about ASMR? Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. just going to stick this in your I ear. I couldn't watch the episode. Stick this in your ear. You feel this in your ear. You're making me uncomfortable. I'm grossed out right now. Welcome to Beer and Fear. It's the 87th episode. My name is Paige. My name is Zach. Oh, we're recording late. Should I, should I start from the top? Why? You said we're recording late. Yeah, we're recording late. Oh, you meant I thought you meant you started recording late. <clears throat> nope, we're recording late. Oh, okay, yeah. It is late. It's almost midnight. Mm-hmm. We I said just we wouldn't do work. this again. Um, this episode is on Warren Jeffs, and the only reason I brought it up is because it made me laugh when I picked the beer. He's got a weird name. Yeah, it sounds like it should be backwards, like Jeff Warren's. Jeff Warren's. Yeah, you know, like that'd be normal, but he's not normal, so it makes sense his name's fucked up, too. His name's Warren. Yeah, what a weirdo. That right there's a red flag. <clears throat> two, yeah, person with two first names. Yeah, that, you can't trust that person. No. And he's got a middle name, so it's not like... What a sicko. Yeah, he's got a weird middle name, too. He does got a weird middle name. It's fucking weird. He's just a weird This guy's dude. weird all around. Yeah, what a weird fucker. <clears throat> so we'll talk about him. Uh, I've... But I... also, this topic was uh, brought to my attention by a friend of mine. Um, so thank you, friend of mine. I think I know which friend of yours you're talking about. Who? Who? Who's that? Okay, no. Oh no, it's not like that. <laughs> wow. Fuck. It's not that person either. No. Okay. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> you know, Paige, I have no idea who I that is. I just want to say that I, I put in so much effort to this friendship <laughs> and remember so many things. <laughs> but the one thing 
Yeah. Just want to just want to put that out there. Whoops. Who is that? Couldn't tell you. That's one of my students. Yeah, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> Thanks, friend of pages. I know. I know she knows. <laughs> Jesus. Who who's been my friend for six years? Was it was it Ale or was it Zachary? <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> she, Ale knows all she the knows. answers. <laughs> this boy, tell me about your week. Yeah, I don't I care. I don't know. Um, I don't know. When did we record last? We did uh, that bonus episode, Vixen. Are you sure it's episode eighty-seven? It is episode eighty-seven. Then where's episode eighty-six? Not out yet. Hmm. Yeah, I'm slacking. You really are. Um, what was episode eighty-six on? Oh, uh, venomous animals. Venomous animals. Yep. I went to Mojo's with Ale. Um, it's, did, you your, uh, did you end up getting those cups from that place? Uh, which cups? Oh, uh, no, we didn't go to Del Barrio yet. I broke, I broke four, four glasses. You should five not be glasses. allowed to clean glasses. It's insane. I was cleaning glasses. I stacked a pint glass. I had like a stack of pint glasses. Mm-hmm. Okay, on the mm-hmm. side of my sink. Mm-hmm. That I was just rinsing with water. I was going to wash them later. Mm-hmm. They were stacked on top of each other. I stacked a pint glass on top. The whole thing just toppled over uh, and landed on a bunch of glasses. So I broke like three pint glasses, buh, a coupe glass, buh. a really nice glass that I like. Why? A glass that we got at Del Barrio Pacific. Why are you I know. doing All this? the nice glasses that I liked. You gotta broke. stop. You should not be allowed to touch the glasses. That's why they're all sitting there. Oh <laughs> they haven't been washed yet. Uh, we saw the Fantastic Beast movie. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, it was okay. Secrets of Dumbledore? Yeah. Secrets of Dumbledore? We finished. I need to start putting these on Instagram, like yeah, you said. You did. We finished the Harry Potter Icons Lego set, three thousand ten pieces, and uh, it's a big owl. It's a big ass owl. It looks incredible. It's not the size of an actual owl, but it's a big owl. It's about the size of a baby owl. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll give you that. Once we finished it and it had been up there for a few days, we were looking in the spare parts bag and we saw a bunch of weird blue pieces. It's uh-huh. like, why are there? There should be blue pieces because we made the Ravenclaw scarf up there. And I was looking through the manual. I was like, we forgot a step. So we had to grab these pieces and stick, what the blue stick pieces them on. Go to? Uh, the scarf. So uh, there were some black pieces and blue pieces that we skipped. We uh, had to put them on the scarf that's over there. So, uh, but it looks awesome. I'll put a pic on uh, Instagram. Start yeah. uploading some of the Harry Potter yeah. sets that we're doing. But that's about it. Don't you? bite off more than you can chew, there, bud. Yeah. How about you? Let's just focus on getting the episodes out. You're right. <laughs> Slacking. Just telling you, if you just. Give me things, I'll post them. Yeah. <laughs> but no, someone's got to keep all his yeah. fingers in all the pies. Yeah. Is that an expression? Yeah. People putting fingers in pies? Yeah. That person should not be allowed Finger in pies? I to know. be around pies. I agree. Um, God. Um, it's been like a week and a half. I'm so tired. I've been <laughs> up since 6 a.m. That's uh, that's booty. Um, parents on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I went uh out to dinner with you. Yeah. Yeah, we went out and had dinner. That was fun. <laughs> it was something. I mean, it was an experience. <laughs> the drinks were good. <laughs> drinks were not bad, yeah. <laughs> but man, that was. <laughs> We were, Nothing against the server. No, he was he was so funny. He was a good guy. Conversation immediately turned to weenuses, and he just rolled right, al- he roll, really rolled right along. He really rolled with it. He really rolled with the weenuses. Cool guy, but yeah. uh, 
We had to wait a long time for our food. Quite a while. Um, what else? Uh, did we? I talked about how I went out to Rock Falls the week before, right? Rock Falls? Yeah. It's near Dixon. I don't think so. Towards Iowa. Yeah, I went out to Rock Falls, uh, and I met a friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, and I hung out with her. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long ways away. It was a long ways away, but it was worth it. Is and it pretty out there? Great way to stay in shape. It's... I don't know how to describe it. It's not like a waterfall. Like It's just the name of the town. Mm-hmm. It's not like big suburban like Aurora. It's mm-hmm. very small town. Mm-hmm. Very small town. So it's like, oh, you drive... I don't know how to describe it. I wasn't really paying attention. I was just like... Rock Falls is the name of the town, friend. Yeah. Okay. Rock Falls, Illinois. Yeah. Oh, that is a small town. Very small. It's cute, though. There's a river. Mm -hmm. Nice. What makes it cute? The fact that there's a river? Yeah, it's a small town in the middle of nowhere, and there's a river. (laughs) It's like a nice place to chill. That's all it takes. What else? I don't remember. Work. <clears throat> yep, always work. There's always work. work homework. Oh, I'm just uh, realizing now, I don't know if we have beer glasses for the, the beers. Because you broke them all? Because I broke uh, quite a few of them, and then a lot of the other ones are dirty, so I hope we have uh, some glasses. If we don't, I'll clean them super fast, and I won't break any of them, I promise. Okay, I'm choosing to believe you. I feel like it's been forever since we did this, I don't know why. Our beer is from Grand Armory Brewing... That's a new one. They are from Grand Haven, Michigan. Hmm. Welcome to Grand Armory Brewing. Thanks. You're welcome. It's a craft brewery with a focus on high-quality, diverse styles of beer. Our tap room opened in July of 2015 at the Armory Building, a 113-year-old historic facility located at 17 South 2nd Street in the heart of Grand Haven's downtown district, just blocks from the waterfront and Lake Michigan's beaches. Yeah. Our tap room has 20 taps and offers many styles of ales, handcrafted ciders, and wine. Grand Armory embraces both our local and craft beer communities and has formed many partnerships, including memberships at the Michigan Brewers Guild and the Grand Haven Chamber of Commerce. Nice. They're, you know, stuff about being good to the local community. (laughs) You know. They're good to their people. They're, they're nice. Grand Armory Brewing. They do stuff. Yep. Our beer, and let me tell you this. <laughs> this is very humorous to me. If you know the history of Warren Jeffs, this is very funny to me. Uh, okay, I may or may not get it. Our beer is, I'll go over it. Don't worry, I'll mention it. Cool. Our beer is called Mother Schmucker. Mother Schmucker. Mother Schmuckers. There's S C H M U C K E R S, and it's one word. There's a space. There's a space, and it's capitalized. Schmuckers. Yeah. All right. I'm imagining some kind of jelly. It's a fruit and field beer. Oh, another one. It has a score on Beer Advocate. Nice. It's 85. Woo. Very good. Its ABV is 5.8 percent. It is ranked 211 out of fruit and field beers. Oh. And ranked 22,565 overall. Excellent. Average score, 3.69. Okay. It was first added in May of 2017, so it's been around for a bit. It's a blonde ale with 100 pounds of raspberries added to the fermenter. They recommend that you try pairing it with Nutter Your Business for a Grand Armory PB&J. Oh, yeah. It's got 26 IBU. 
It's just okay. a random thing that was just added there. Okay. Mother Schmuckers. Mother Schmuckers. Like Schmuckers Raspberry Preserves, right? Yes, kind of. Yes, right. this beer comes from my father. Grand Rapids. I drive through there all the time. That was, was Grand Rapids. Did yeah. I say Grand Rapids? Yeah, Grand Rapids, Michigan. I thought I said Grand Haven. Oh, was it Grand Haven? I thought I said Grand Haven. Am I on drugs? Am I on drugs? Am I on drugs? Grand Haven. Where's Grand Rapids? Uh, Michigan. Oh, Grand Rapids is way on the other side. I meant Grand Haven. Um, I drive through Grand Haven quite a lot. Not enough to remember the name, but we drive through there all the time when I visit my mom. And it's a nice little town. And it's uh, a great estate shape. And it's a great estate shape. They got a nice, they got a cool river and it's right on the lake. It's beautiful. I'll get the beer. Thanks. Mother Schmuckers. Raspberry ale, right to Bearcraft. So it's cute because it looks like a um, a jar of jam. Jam, yeah, with yeah. the plaid. Yeah, government warning. There is a government warning. You're right. A raspberry blonde, like mom's toast and jam. Yeah, okay. and then it literally says to pair with their peanut butter one. You can't tell what to do. I mean, it's a suggestion. Jesus. Am I supposed to invert and swirl? Does it say I that? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what kind of beer this is. This is I don't know. I feel like you just might have made it explode a little. Be careful with it. This was a rup travel. Ooh. She be foamy. It smells like a, 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 I opened a jar of raspberry jelly. Oh, it truly does. Yes. It doesn't smell like beer at all or hops. It smells or... very perfumed. Super fruit. Very full can. So good. It looks like it's... Yeah. It's got some color. Yeah. Oh, look at that. It's pink. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah. Thank you. Zach, I had a good pour. That's a very nice pour. I'm very proud of myself right now. So it's kind of like, it's dark, but it's not super dark. It's more red than brown. That just smells good. This makes me think, okay, my grandfather, my dad's dad, he grows Mm. fruits and vegetables in a garden in his backyard. Mm -hmm. And he always grew raspberries. This takes me back to my childhood. Of just taking raspberries off of the like the bush that he grew them on and it just eating legit them. Legit smells like fresh raspberries, and it's not a it's not one of those like milkshakey, it's like smoothie no, beers. No, no, it's this like is super just, fruity. This is like pure fruit. Yeah, it's a nice wheat uh, blonde ale, but it's it's got some floaties in it too. That smells very good. Delicious photo. I can't stop smelling it. Yeah, I keep sniffing it too. Foam goes away pretty quick. But it's gonna taste is pretty it crisp. Stumpy. Crisp and refreshing. Not really. I guess a little. A little stump. <laughs> Very raspberry. Wow. Okay. Even the burp is pure raspberry. This is not what I was expecting. This is an extremely light There's beer. There's a little more bite to it than I was expecting. To me, it's very thin. It's like, it's oh, not a heavy, thick beer. It's super light. It's like you're drinking a lager. But in that swallow, there's like a bitterness to it. Right. That still makes it beer. 
instead of just being pure fruit. That's pleasant. I cannot drink all of this, but it is good. Mm. That's very tasty. It's almost like watery, not like watery in the like watered down. But not, not watery. I'm like you're saying it's not taste wise. Yes, but like the consistency is just very thin. It's not. I was expecting something thicker with from a fruit beer, but it is. I guess from the website, a blonde ale with raspberries. In my honest opinion, I think it smells better than it tastes. But that's fair. All right, talk really fast because I'm going to fall asleep. That's my section. You need to try. Okay, this guy's name. Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah. Warren Steed. Who did that? Why? Who did that to their kid? Warren Steed Jeffs. Hi-ho, Silver! Is this person's name. Warren Steed Jeffs. He's part horse. Is the current president. He's a centaur. Of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is a mouthful. Immediately just sounds like a cult. In and of itself. Uh, Immediately, I'm like, red flag, that's cult. Shortened to the FLDS Church. The Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's a long name. Uh, He was also convicted in 2011 for the sexual assault of underage girls. How the fuck does that happen, Well, that was just quick and straight to the point. Like, a a ranking member of a church diddling little boys and girls. I have like you that, ever have you ever heard such an atrocity page? All the time, but I like that you put that in your notes. Like that's written. <laughs> it is. Uh, but we'll get into that. Uh, the, the diddling. Um, oh, thank goodness we're getting into the diddling. You cover the, the diddling. I do. Um, first, let's start from the I beginning. don't diddle. I just talk about the diddling. Right. Yeah, no, you're not going to diddle anyone. But uh, We'll start from the beninging. The beninging? Warren Jeffs was born on December 3rd, 1955. Oh, that was shortly after my mom was born. Oh, my God. That's weird. To Rulon Jeffs and Marilyn Steed. So that's who did it. Uh, his father, Rulon Jeffs. His mom, Marilyn I'm Steed. I am aware of Rulon. Rulon's so Warren, a creep. Yeah, Warren Steed Jeffs. He was born more than two months prematurely in Sacramento, California. Do you think that was what did it? You think probably. it was the, the two months? His soft spot was probably around for a long time, and someone probably was just yeah. like, I, there's Push gotta, it a little. There's got to be some science about people who are born prematurely and how it affects them. I don't know. Well, they say people who are born later are smarter. Ooh. Because they have more uh, time to like... Ferment. <laughs> ferment in the womb. I was born two weeks late. Oh. That explains why you're so smart. <laughs> I know thing. I was a C-section baby. I was born right in time. I was prompt. I was on time. <laughs> Jeffs grew up within the Jeffs. Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. He grew up in the community. Okay. This religious sect is an offshoot from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but it is not recognized by or affiliated with the mainstream Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, yeah, when the child diddling came out, I'm sure they were like, let's, right. let's distance They're not about that. Let's distance ourselves. The FLDS carries on one tradition that the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints abandoned in the 1890s. Polygamy. Uh, or yeah. plural marriage. Yeah. So the official Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they don't know. You're, we have one partner. One lady. Yeah. That's, that's my woman. Um, the practice of polygamy goes back for generations in Jeff's family. His father, Rulan, had at least 50, 50, 50 wives 
and dozens, dozens of children. Some say the number is around 80 children during his lifetime. Jesus. Jeffs was born more than two months prematurely, like I said, and his survival led him to be seen as a golden child. I don't see that. Jeffs grew up outside of Salt Lake City, Utah, and for more than 20 years, he served as the principal of Alta Academy, an FLDS private school in the area. He was known for being a stickler for the rules and for discipline. Thank God the child did learn as a principal. He was no fun at parties. All about the rules. Don't invite those people to your parties. No. Child diddlers, don't invite them. Yes, but or and child diddlers, I guess that's yeah. important. You need a coaster for that? Oh, I got one. Thanks. What are you all about the rules all of a sudden? Yeah. You're not going to invite me to your parties? <laughs> Outside of his job responsibilities, Jeffs was also active in the church. When Rulan became the new FLDS prophet in 1986, he changed the structure of the FLDS church, eliminating its council and placing himself as its only leader. In the late 1990s, Rulan's health started to decline, and Jeffs positioned himself as his successor. He even took over as his father's spokesperson after Rulan suffered a serious stroke. Prior to his father's death in 2002, Jeffs held the position of counselor to the church leader. Jeffs became Rulan's successor with his official title in the FLDS church becoming, quote, President and Prophet, Seer and Revelator. Revelator. As well as, quote, president of the priesthood. Whatever those mean. Who knows? The latter concerned being head of the organization of all adult male church members who were deemed worthy to hold the priesthood, a tradition carried on in the Latter-day Saint movement. Following Rulan's death, Jeffs told the high-ranking FLDS officials, quote, I won't say much, but I will say this. Hands off my father's wives. Bruh. When addressing his father's widows, he said, quote, You women will live as if father is still alive and in the next room. Because he is. I saved his corpse. It's in the bed. Don't touch it. It smells. Within a week, he had married all but two of his father's wives. Mother Schmucker. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. One refused to marry Jeffs and was subsequently prohibited from ever marrying again. Well, that's while the like other, your decision. The other one, Rebecca Wall, fled the FLDS compound. Good choice. Good on you. Naomi Jessup, one of the first of Rulan's former wives to marry Jeffs, subsequently became his favorite wife and confidant. As the sole individual in the FLDS church with the authority to perform marriages, Jeff was responsible for assigning wives to husbands. He also had the authority to discipline male church members by, quote, reassigning their wives, children, and homes to another man. How fucked up is that? Reassigning their wives and children. He just made up all the rules. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a cuckoo bird. This guy's got some problems. He truly does. Around this same time, Jeffs controlled almost all of the land in Colorado City, Arizona, and Hilldale, Utah, which was part of a church property trust called the United Effort Plan, the UEP. The FLDS created this property trust on the concept of a united order, allowing fellow, uh, followers to share in its assets. So communal living was an integral part of their religion. They all lived within this property, mm -hmm. and, and Jeffs controlled all of it. And uh, it was said that this land was valued at over $114 million. So it was a lot of land. 
That's a lot of land. That's a lot of land and a lot of money. In January 2004, Jeffs expelled a group of 20 men from the Short Creek community, which is now Colorado City, uh, Arizona, near the border of Utah, including the mayor, and reassigned their wives and children to other men in the community. The mayor was a part of this cult? Um, yes. I'm dead. Jeffs, like his predecessors, continued the standard FLDS and Mormon fundamentalist tenet that faithful men must follow what is known as the doctrine of plural marriage in order to attain exaltation in the afterlife. So basically, you need to marry multiple people in order to go to heaven. Jeff Jeff's specifically taught that a devoted church member is expected to have at least three wives in order to get into heaven. And the more wives a man has, the closer he is to heaven. I mean, if you just need three... Wouldn't that be enough? Yeah, why do you need if, to get closer to heaven? If you're if you go to heaven, you're enough in, to get into heaven. You're in heaven. What is this logic? We found a crack in their system. Like if I go to Alert six, the media. if I go to Six Flags, and like if I if I this is gonna be a weird analogy. If I have more money, yeah, that gets me closer to inside of Six Flags. Yeah, but you already had enough money to pay for a ticket. I'm already in Six you're, Flags. You're in Six Flags. I don't need the extra money to get farther in. I don't need to pay more exactly. to get into Six Flags if Jeff's, I just paid the bare minimum. Jeff's is not making any sense Jeff's here. is not making any sense. Near El Dorado, Texas, between 2002 and 2005, Jeff's established the Yearning for Zion Ranch, the YFZ Ranch. Oh, Zion, I yearn for you. <laughs> Who yearns for Zion? Who's Zion? Isn't there Zion? There's a Zion, Illinois. Hang on. I've Are never, we yearning for a city? Uh, I've never been to Zion, Illinois. Zion. But I'd like to check it out. Um, it's Floyd Mayweather's son. That's that's who they're yearning for. Oh, okay. Zion Mayweather. Or, or there's an American professional basketball player. Or the National Park in Utah. I don't think it was any like, of those. I feel like the National Park in Utah makes more sense. Yeah, I don't think it was anywhere near Utah. Really? No. Um, he showed Salt him- Lake City is in Utah. It is. This was in Texas. I'm just saying <laughs> that he's from Utah. Uh, yeah. So he yearns for Zion. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I see. I'm looking up Zion Mormon. Uh- <laughs> he showed himself to be ruthless and controlling, even oh. for the faithful. Jeff's ruled over. It has to do with Jerusalem. Yeah, I figured. Jeffs ruled over nearly every aspect of their lives, from the clothes they wore, to whom they could marry, to what toys children could play with. He insisted on no television and no internet. Look at this photo. That's the temple. From the YFZ Ranch. Looks creepy. Yeah. Like, there's... It looks a little liminal. There's not a lot going on. No, not really. The ranch came into the public eye on April 7, 2008, when, a Texas, when Texas authorities conducted a raid and took legal custody of 416 children. That's a lot of kids. In response to a March 31st phone call alleging physical and sexual abuse on the ranch, the caller claimed to be a 16-year-old girl married to a 50-year-old man who had, at age 15, given birth to his child. Residents, however, told authorities that there was, in fact, no such girl, and the calls were ultimately traced to a uh, 33-year-old Rosita Swinton. Totally unconnected to the FLDS church and known for repeated instances of filing false reports. Well. 
Nevertheless, Texas authorities continue to investigate whether Swinton's claims were a hoax. The women and children who were suspected of being minors were returned after Texas courts established that the state had not presented sufficient evidence of abuse to have removed them. On June 10th, 2006, Arizona Attorney General Terry Goddard told the uh, Desiree News that he had heard from several sources that Jeffs had returned to Arizona and had performed marriage ceremonies in a mobile home that was being used as a wedding chapel. Classy. You can get married Always in a mobile home. Always classy, never trashy. That was Jeffs. Yeah. On March 27th, 2007, the Desiree News reported that Jeffs had renounced his role as a prophet of the FLDS Church in a conversation with his brother, Nephi. Nephi quoted him as saying he was, quote, the greatest of all sinners, and that God had never called him to be a prophet. So he's just saying, no, I didn't say any of that. Jeffs presented a handwritten note to the judge at the end of the trial on March 27th, saying that he was not a prophet of the FLDS Church. Uh-huh. On November 7th, the Washington County, Utah Attorney Office released video of jailhouse conversations between Nephi and Jeffs, in which Jeffs renounces his uh, prophethood, claiming that God had told him that if he revealed that he was not the rightful prophet and was a, quote, wicked man, he would still gain a place in the celestial kingdom. Dude's fucking nuts. Uh, Jeffs also admits to what he calls, quote, immoral actions with a sister and a daughter when he was 20. Mm-hmm. Other records show that while incarcerated, Jeffs tried to commit suicide by banging his head against the walls and trying to hang himself. Didn't try hard enough. That doesn't feel very saintly. No. Like very Christian-like. Should have tried harder. Jeffs formally resigned as president of the FLDS Church, effective November 20th, 2007. In an email to the Desiree News, Jeffs' attorneys made the following statements. Quote, Mr. Jeffs has asked that the following statement be released to the media and to members of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mr. Jeffs resigned as president of the Corporation of the President of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Incorporated. That was a lot. <clears throat> um... Oh, the statement did not address his uh, ecclesiastical hmm. position. Not the ecclesiastical. As a prophet, it means relating to the Christian church. Oh, thank you. Ecclesiastical. Ecclesiastical. Position as prophet. It did not address his ecclesiastical position as prophet of the FLDS church. And many in the FLDS communities still regard him as the prophet and their current leader. I believe, as of today, he is still the current president of FLDS church. I believe. Mm. Even though he's in jail. But you've got more to tell us. Uh Uh-huh. About um, all the all the shit that went down. Are you done? All the all the stuff that he was accused of and charged for. Quite a lot. Those actually. crimes, though. Damn crimes, though. Oh, and then uh, that's that's him. Yeah, I know what he looks like. There's his wives. Weasel. He's a fucking weasel. Look at all those wives. They're all wearing pastel. They all have their hair the same. Yeah. They're all white. Yeah, he's got a type. Weird photo. <clears throat> Gross. In July of 2004, Jeff's nephew, Brent Jeffs, filed a lawsuit alleging that Jeffs had anally raped him in the FLDS Church's Salt Lake Valley compound in the late 1980s. Okay. Together with author, uh, author, author Maya 
Solovitz, Solovitz, Solovitz. Brent wrote the memoir, Lost Boy, which recounts alleged incidents of child sexual abuse inflicted upon him by Jeffs, hmm. his brothers, and other family members committed when Brent was aged five or six. Brent's brothers claim committed suicide after accusing Jeffs of sexually assaulting him as a child. Two of Jeff's nephews and two of Jeff's own children have also publicly claimed to have been sexually abused by him. Mm. In June of 2005, Jeff was charged in Mo- Moav, Mojave County, Arizona. Mojave? Moave. Mojave? <coughs> Mojave? I think it's Mojave. Are you sure? There's no accent. M-O-J-A-V-E? No, it's an H. Oh. Mojave? Yeah. Oh. Well, excuse me, mister. I think it's Mojave. I think it's Mojave. I think it's Mojave. It's an H. Not everything has to be Spanish. I want it to be. With sexual assault on a minor and with conspiracy to commit sexual misconduct with a minor for allegedly arranging. In April 2001, a marriage between a then 14-year-old girl and her 19-year-old first cousin, Alan. Ugh. Yeah, Alan. The young girl, Alyssa Wall, then known as Jane Doe, testified that she begged Rulon Jeffs that's his father. Yeah, his father. His father. To wait until she was older or choose another man for her. The elder Jeffs was apparently sympathetic, but his son was not, and she was forced to go through with the marriage. Wow, what a dick. Yeah. Wall alleged that Alan often raped her, and she repeatedly miscarried. She eventually left Alan and the community. In July of 2005, the Arizona Attorney General's Office disturb, disturbed, distributed wanted posters offering $10,000 for information leading to Jeff's arrest and conviction. On October 28th, Jeff's brother, Seth, was arrested under suspicion of harboring a fugitive. During a routine tra- uh, traffic stop in Pueblo County, Colorado, police found nearly $142,000 in cash, $7,000 worth of prepaid debit cards, and personal records. Hmm. During Seth's court case, FBI agent Andrew Stearns testified that Seth had told him that he did not know where his older brother was and that he would not reveal his whereabouts, if he did. He... Um, Seth was convicted of harboring a fugitive on May 1st, 2006. On July 14th, he was sentenced to three years probation and a $2,500 fine. Okay. On April 5th, 2006, Utah issued an arrest warrant for Jeff's on felony charges of accomplice rape of a teenage girl between 14 and 18 years old. Shortly after, on May 6th, the FBI placed Jeff's on its top 10 most wanted fugitives list, <laughs> offering a $60,000 reward. He was the 402nd. 482nd fugitive listed on the list. On the FBI's top 10 list. That's insane. Yeah. The reward was soon raised to 100,000, and the public was warned that Jeffs may travel with a number of loyal and armed bodyguards. On June 8th, 2006, Jeffs returned to Colorado City to perform more child bride marriages. I'm just imagining all the bodyguards are his wives. Yeah. Just, just and they're all like these really rifles. nice dressed ladies. Yeah, but they're ninjas nice hair. secretly. Yeah. <laughs> The dresses come off. Long guns and <laughs> body armor. Full body armor. <laughs> On May 27, 2008, the Smoking Gun website released images of Jeff's with two underage wives, one of whom was 12 years old. What the fuck? Celebrating first wedding anniversaries in 2005 and 2006. Sicko. Jesus Christ. On August 28, 2006, around 9 p.m., Jeffs was pulled over on Interstate 15 in Clark County, Nevada, by Highway Trooper Eddie D- Nevada. I say Nevada. I know you do. I was waiting. <laughs> Eddie Dutchover, because the temporary license plate on his red 2007 Cadillac Escalade were not visible. Yeah, get fucked. Yeah, with the Escalade. 
One of Jeff's wives, Naomi, and his brother, Isaac, were with him. Jeff's possessed four computers, 16 cell phones, disguises, including three wigs and 12 pairs of sunglasses. Whoa. And more than $55,000 in cash. Jeff's wife and brother were questioned and released. In a Nevada court hearing on August 31st, Jeff's waived extradition and agreed to return to Utah to face two first-degree felony charges of accomplice rape. Each charge carries an indeterminate penalty of five years to life in prison. It's quite the long... (laughs) Five Five years years. or life. (laughs) Anywhere in there. Arizona prosecutors were next in line to try Jeff's. He was held in the Washington County Jail pending an April 23rd, 2007 trial on two counts of rape. As an accomplice for his role in arranging the marriage between Elisa, Elisa, whatever, Wall, and her first cousin... Jeffs was believed to be leading his group from jail, and a Utah state board has expressed dissatisfaction in dealing with Hilldale police, Hmm. believing that many members of the force had ties to Jeffs, so therefore did not cooperate. In May and July of 2007, Jeffs was indicted in in Arizona on eight counts, including sexual conduct with a minor and incest. Mother schmucker. Jeff's trial began on September 11th, 2007 in St. George, Utah, which judge with Judge James L. Schumann presiding. Jeff's was housed in Utah's Purgatory Correctional Facility in solitary confinement for the duration. At the culmination of the trial on September 25th, Jeff's was found guilty of two counts of being an accomplice to rape. He was sentenced to prison for 10 years to life and began serving his sentence at the Utah State Prison. On July 27, 2010, the Utah Supreme Court, citing deficient jury instructions, reversed Jeff's conviction and ordered a new trial. The court Hmm. found that the trial judge should have told the jury that Jeff's could not be convicted unless he intended for Elisa's husband to engage in non-consexual sex with her. Elisa subsequently wrote an autobiography on her experiences in the FLDS church and with Jeff's entitled Stolen Innocence. Hmm. Jeffs was also scheduled to be tried in Arizona. He had entered a not guilty plea on uh, February 27, 2008 to sex charges stemming from the arranged marriages of three teenage girls to older men. He was transferred to, sorry, transported to the Mohave County (laughs) Jail to await trial. On June 9, 2010, a state judge at the request of Mohave County Prosecutor Matt Smith dismissed all charges with prejudice. Smith said that the Arizona victims no longer wanted to testify and that Jeffs had spent almost two years in jail awaiting trial, more than he would have received had he been convicted. That's embarrassing. Right. Combined with the pending charges against Jeffs in Texas, Smith concluded that it would be impractical and unnecessary to try Jeffs in Arizona. Jeffs was then returned to Utah at the time. His appeal of the 2007 conviction was still pending. On August 9th, 2011, Jeff was convicted on two counts of sexual assault of a child and sentenced to life in prison. Warren Jeff's text, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, his number, but whatever. Zero, you can text Warren Jeff's? No, Warren Jeff's, <laughs> his prison inmate number, ah. 01726705. He will be eligible for parole on July 22nd, 2038. Oh, it's coming up. Uh, right on the corner. Um, in his prison life, like you mentioned, in 2007, he tried to hang himself. Um, Try harder. Yeah. On July 9th, 2008, he was taken from the Moab 
County, Arizona jail in Kingman, Arizona, to a Las Vegas, Nevada hospital for what was described as a serious medical problem. Hmm. Sheriff Tom Sheehan, Shahan, did not specify Jeff's medical problem, but said it was serious enough to move him about 100 miles from the Kingman Regional Medical Center to the Nevada hospital. Wow. He has engaged in lengthy hunger strikes, which his doctors and attorneys have claimed were for spiritual reasons. In August of 2009, the Superior Court Judge Stephen Kahn ordered that he be force-fed. Oh, On August 29, 2011, Jeffs was taken to East Texas Medical Center and hospitalized in critical condition under a medically-induced coma after excessive fasting. Officials were not sure how long he would remain hospitalized, but expected Jeffs to live. Hmm. Jeffs predicted in December of 2012 that the world would end before 2013 and called for his followers to prepare for the end. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. That's ridiculous. World ending in 2012. Uh, the United Effort Plan, or UEP, trust that formerly belonged to the FLDS was taken over by Utah in 2005 and controlled by the court for over a decade before a judge handed it over to a community board mostly composed of former sect members. In 2017, both the trust and Jeffs were sued by a woman alleging she was sexually abused by Jeffs when she was a child. Jeffs allegedly suffered a mental breakdown in the summer of 2019, leaving him unfit to give a uh, deposition in the sex abuse case against him. Forcing him to testify would be futile, alleged attorneys. The plaintiff's attorney said there is a lack of evidence support a claim to support a claim of Jeff's incompetency, accusing the trust of being understandably very fearful about Jeff's testimony. Mm. Um, I have a couple more things to go over. Yeah. Just a list of shitty things. Like I mentioned, his youngest wife was 12 years old. In 2006, Jeff married his youngest wife, Marianne Jessup, when she was 12 years old. And Jessup's father performed a ceremony. What the fuck? Jeff's consummated the marriage on a temple bed. Jessup told caseworkers when she was 15, the then 50-year-old prophet couldn't possibly be guilty of a crime because Heavenly Father is the one that tells Warren when a girl is ready to get married brainwashed he made audio recordings of consummations and sexual training jeff's made at least some of his other reported 70 plus wives watch as he consummated his marriage to jessup reportedly he made an audio recording of the events in 2001 prosecutors asked the jurors to listen to the recording when jeff's was on trial for sexual assault the tape, which investigators seized following his arrest in 2006, also included recordings of Jeff's instructing other child brides to assist and comfort him physically. It also documented him directing the girls to shave their pubic hair. Jeff's referred to the sexual misconduct as heavenly sessions. As you mentioned, he reassigned wives and children to other men. He admitted to immoral actions with his sister and daughter. In 2007, Jeffs had telephone conversations with various family members while temporarily in Utah jail for an accessory to rape conviction. There, he renounced his prophet title because he engaged in immoral actions with a sister and a daughter. He also preached homophobia. He also allegedly assaulted his niece. Yeah, he also did not. Uh, he was also a racist. 
He just keeps getting worse. Yeah, I was just about to say, I didn't know this guy was that fucking bad. Yeah, he's got issues. I don't think he should get out. I think we should keep him in. I mean, he's... It's parole. Well, no, I think he should stay. I think he should die. Yeah. He banned all books from his community. Yeah, no one needs to read. You could read before he took over. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Before yeah. he took over, they were allowed to read. You guys remember that reading thing we used to do? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, remember, yeah, remember all that? those books? What? What are you talking about? Like, what an absolute insane <laughs> person. Apparently, he forced his wives to engage in group phone sex. What? Like, why? Ban the internet. What a creep. Um, Warren Jeffs had at least 78 wives, and at the time of his arrest, 24 of them were under the age of 17. Mm. While some of Jeff's wives remained steadfast in their beliefs after his arrest, others turned against the cult. Marion Jessup, who was 12, mm-hmm. she was placed into foster care, then taken in by a cousin who was an ex-FLDS member. She soon ran off and was last seen back at the compound in Texas, which was her last known whereabouts. Mildred, who was married to Jeff at the age of 13, uh, according to her brother, is now evading the law in Canada where she practices poly- uh, polygamy. Oh, okay. This is still a thing. Yeah. Um, Jeff's has fathered about more than 60 children. Yeah. Insane. What a fucking asshole. I would very much like to kick him in the nards. Anyway, that's my section. <clears throat> He's currently... A bitch. Here, uh, being a bitch. We should go... At the Louis, Louis C. Powellage unit. You know what we should do? Huh. We should go pretend that we're f- supporters of him. Mm. And then we're like, can we... We want to visit him. We want to visit yeah. him, our prophet. Like gain his and trust. We want to visit him. And we get there and we just fart in his face. I was like, like punch him in the dick. <laughs> fart in his face. I feel like right. that'd be better. Yeah, it's a big, nasty fart right in his face. face. We'll eat a bunch of Taco Bell on the way. Fart in his face. And then punch him in the dick. Yeah, we can go there. Or cut off his dick. It's in, uh, it's in Texas. Um, There's no reason to go to Texas. Yeah, right now, not a... No. Um, it's, it's only a 15-hour drive, though. That's worth it. It's not, not to that punch bad. Warren Jeffs in the dick, it's worth it. How long did it take us to go to South Dakota? I don't remember. I truly do not remember. Oh, remember the motel? Yeah. Uh, it changed its name since we went. Oh, what is it now? It's now Sagewood Suites. Oh, well, maybe we can go there and I'll ruin another towel. It used to be the gold... <laughs> used to be the gold star something something. <laughs> yeah, I remember. 12 hours. It took us about 13 hours <laughs> to get there. So a little bit longer. <laughs> I feel like we can go to Texas. <clears throat> what did you think of beer? I was good. It was was not what I was expecting. Same yeah, thing with Ali. She had the same reaction. She tried it. She's like, it's very water, like watery. It's like, yeah, I said the same thing. It's very thin, uh, very light beer, Blondale, nice fruit crispness, and, you know, it's, I dig it. It's uh, refreshing. Um, nothing too crazy about it, though. Not, not, not a whole lot stands out, but it's a nice, cool, raspberry, light Blondale. I like it. Give it a five. What about you? 
thought it was tasty, and I agree with you that it smelled better than it tasted. Um, I But I would still say that we complain all the time about beers that don't match the title. And I still feel like that was a strong raspberry taste. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that was accurate. Plenty of raspberry in there. Plenty of raspberry. Yep. Not much else. I mean, just a crisp blonde ale with raspberry. Mm -hmm. More bite than I was expecting. Yeah. A little little tingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was tasty. Good pick. I like it. New brewery, too. Thanks, Dad. Michigan. Beerandfearcast.com is our website. All of our episodes are on the website. Look on the website. And uh, our beer list is on the website. Yeah. Look at the beers we drink. Look at the beers. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're on those. We post when we release new episodes. Yeah. It's usually every Wednesday at noon. Yeah. The last week uh, week's episode's not out yet. Yeah. Because I'm slacking. It is. So I'm going to try and get that one out along with this one. Um, but you can listen to them on Spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, that's where you can check out our podcast or listen to them on our website. Yeah. Yeah. Check us out. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Have a good day. Mm.